Hi, you are listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. This is Miriam Lake. I am the wellness facilitator and certified trainer. This is Sherry Purdy. I am the wellness manager, certified trainer, and I love to help people. And I'm Colby Yoder, a health enthusiast and a certified trainer. And my name is Debbie Olson. I'm a wellness facilitator and a certified personal trainer. Today, we're going to talk about knowing your numbers, and you can get a hold of us at podcast at mercyhealth.com. With that being said, we're going to just dive right in and talk about what numbers should you know and why. So, Kobe, Miriam, Deb, what do you think? First off, um, having an annual blood test is a really good idea because as we get older, our chances for heart disease increases, and there's a few numbers that you need to know that will give you a heads up on whether or not you need to watch out for certain things in your lifestyle. Yeah, I think the I think the American Heart Association says that each year there's 735,000 people that have heart attacks and of those 370,000 deaths occur from things that for coronary art, artery disease for things that you could helped so like by eating right and not smoking and drinking less and exercising um, to help, you know, with those numbers to decrease that those heart issues out there. So yeah, definitely knowing your numbers is really important to, to knowing, you know, how your heart's ticking. Right. Exactly. You know, and not all of us um, know our family history because a family history is a big part of that also. So if you don't have any idea what your family history is from your parents or grandparents, then it's a really good idea that you get your blood taken um, to find out what those numbers might be. So you know your risk. So just uh, so our, our listeners know, how do you find out? Like, what are different ways do you get, you know, we do, we know, but like for someone that doesn't get their blood checked, how, how do they do that? Well, um, lots of times if you work for a company, they may have yearly uh, biometric screens at their work that they offer through the insurance. If not, uh, you need to call uh, a doctor and just pop in for a physical and it's just a simple blood test and they test your they usually do a lipid panel and a glucose so a lipid panel includes your hdl which is your healthy um, cholesterol your ldl which is the bad cholesterol triglycerides uh, glucose levels and a total cholesterol so those numbers right there can give you a really good window of what your heart disease possibilities might be yeah, and you made a you made a good point at the beginning of that. You said, you know, we don't all know what our genetic history is, but you know, your genetics plays a huge factor it in does. your heart disease. And so, if you know you had a grandparent, an uncle, an aunt, a mom or dad that had a heart attack or some kind of heart disease, definitely want to know what your numbers are before you're forty. Right. I mean, I think you know you hear about young people passing away from having heart attacks, and they were healthy as could be, but then you find out they had genetic history of having heart disease in their family and I think we all assume when we're 30 40 years old we're still we're going to be fine and our healthy we're we're healthy on the outside but we don't know what our insides look like and so you know our genetics do play a big role in our heart disease and that's why you need to get those blood tests you know the lipid blood p- profiles the blood pressures the glucose for diabetes the um anything that's going to help you know if you're 
on the right track to being healthy inside as well as outside. Well, and heart disease is the number one cause of death for both men and women in the United States. And it costs the in companies billions of dollars a year to um, take care of that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, the it's so easy anymore to go anywhere and get a blood pressure test. I mean, really, it's you can go to a Walmart, a CVS, a... I mean, walk into a hospital and go to a clinic, anybody will take your blood pressure for free. So the excuses of I don't want to pay for it aren't even there for blood pressure tests because they're everywhere, you know, and they're pretty accurate. Even the ones where, you know, the cuff tightens up on you and they're the automatics, those are pretty accurate these days. So at least it gives you an idea. And the American Heart Association in the last few years has recently made new guidelines for that. So you want your blood pressure to be 120 over 80 or below. That's considered the new normal. Mm -hmm. So anything 120 or over 80 or above is starting, you're at a low risk, and then it keeps going up as the numbers get higher. So, Kobe, as a a guy, um, you know, and statistics and research shows that men generally don't go to the doctors for this at an early age in life unless someone's making them. <laughs> um, how do you feel about knowing your numbers? Do you, did you younger, when you were younger, know your numbers? Well, I'm just going to use an example for uh, probably last year I came down with an illness. I had pneumonia and I hadn't been to the doctor for almost four years really. I hadn't seen my numbers or anything. I'm using myself, Mary. And you know, that's so great because you know what? We are health professionals and we too forget to do some of this stuff, you know? And I did go in and I did a blood blood test and I found out every, my numbers were all normals except my triglycerides were off the charts. And, uh, you know, I had to change some stuff up. I mean, I wouldn't have known those numbers and, uh, unless I went in. And obviously I was extremely surprised and uh, got back after it worked a little bit. I've got my triglycerides down again, but I uh, haven't been the greatest lately, so i got to get back <laughs> after that. But, um, you know, there's just a lot of numbers that you should know. I mean, you, a lot of those tests out there that they're doing um, when you go to a health screening are waist circumference, body mass index, um, obviously cholesterol checks, blood sugar checks, all those good ones. But, you know, even uh, they have the heart ratio risk uh, now that they do, which is a great one to know. But uh, for me... I would have never known those numbers unless I, you know, went about there and got actually pneumonia. But that was the worst part of it. But then I found out my triglycerides were off the charts. So uh, Yeah. So the triglyceride number needs to be less than 150 for everybody that's listening. So do you mind sharing what yours was? Yeah, they were over 350 when I went in yeah. the last time. So that, and, but, you, and it went down significantly uh, once you started exercising yes. and watching kind of what you're eating. In the 100s. I was 125 awesome. the last time I got checked. but. So the reason I ask is because I think that tells, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, when they hear those numbers, you get scared because it's like, man, you know, I'm not as healthy as I was. And even if you're doing everything right, genetically, sometimes you're predisposed to that. But making subtle changes, like you increased your exercise, you were watching more what you ate, um, makes big differences. And within a matter of a couple months, look at how much it improved your skill, your scores. So I think, you know, for you listening, just know that we too, sitting here on this panel in this discussion, you know, we have moments where we forget too, and we know better. We know that we need to keep a track of our triglycerides, our lipid panels, our blood panels, basically. 
We know we need to take checks of our blood pressure. But just sitting here right now, I'm going to be honest, I can't remember the last time I got my blood pressure checked. And it was probably at my yearly physical. And I assume I'm super healthy because I exercise and I eat right. But I, I definitely need to listen. But then it could be a genetic thing, too, like yeah, you said. Yeah. And I think your cholesterol, um, it could be something where you can look at somebody who might be the picture of health, small, petite, works out. You don't know what's happening on the inside. They could have very high cholesterol, and that's a genetic thing um, and may need to be managed by other forms, you know, mm-hmm. be it exercise, diet, medication sometimes. But um, you can't look at somebody and go, oh, she works out. She, does, she can't have high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely it could be a genetic thing. Yeah. I mean, I think we do that a lot where you see a small person and think they're, they're healthy. Yeah. But, man, they could be so much not healthier than the person who might be a little bigger. And even, like, you know? when it comes to body fat, you you know, people could look at somebody and go, oh, you don't have any body fat. Well, yeah, everybody has body fat. Yeah. But you cannot – there's skinny fat, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you can definitely have a smaller person who has a high percentage of body fat because they have more um, – you know, they don't have as much lean mass. Mm-hmm. So you don't know those until you do those tests and you get those numbers. Yep. Yep. And that, you know, and how you would figure those numbers out for your body fat would be doing a body comp, you know, figuring out whether it be waste um, through girth measurements, which we do that, uh, where you take circumference of certain skin folds of your body, and then you figure out how much of that is skin versus body fat. And you take this equation and figure out what a person's body fat percentage is. You can do underwater weighing, which is really expensive. Mm -hmm. And who in the heck's going to do that? I'm sorry. But if I'm going into the water, it better be the ocean with a margarita. (laughs) 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 And uh, and honestly, you know, we have, you can buy these anywhere. You can get those handheld instruments and um, you can do the electropede impedance. And those are great instruments too and you can get that done anywhere i bet any health organization any wellness place has those types of things where people can learn what their body fat is because you're right you can have a skinny fat person skinny fat yeah I call skinny, it skinny fat yeah, because their body may be very thin because of their genetics right but but inside, inside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i remember doing a body comp on a, a young woman who was a marathon runner um and thinking she was going to have a fantastic body comp. She didn't do any strength training, but she only ran when she was going to do marathons. Other than that, she went run in between. Mm-hmm. So when she was training, it was great. When she wasn't training, she wasn't doing a thing. She came in at the beginning of her training, and I thought, oh, you know, she's done two marathons. Um, and she had told me, I haven't done anything in a long time. I'm going to do this marathon. And her body fat was 32%, and she was like 25 years old. And I was astonished because she was so thin right you know so you would assume it's going to be lower Mm -hmm. just by looking at her Mm -hmm. or what she does Mm -hmm. yeah it's true you know and she didn't weigh much so you know when you weigh 115 pounds and 32 percent of that is body fat you got a lot of body fat around vital organs right and when it's around your midsection like we say about checking your waist circumference Mm -hmm. that's worse for your heart the closer that weight is to your heart typically you know that's worse for you Mm -hmm. they say it's safer you know if you women who carry it more in their you know hips lower lower body it's not as dangerous to the heart as it is around your belly you bring up another good point which is the waist circumference so let's have the battle of the bmi 
my thoughts on the BMI versus what your thoughts are on the BMI. What do you think? I know people, physicians' offices use the BMI for a lot of patients. Um, it's the waist-hip ratio. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the BMI measurements? I'm just curious because I personally think it shouldn't be gold standards for a lot of people because the BMI is waist-hip measurements, which for a lot of strong, short men, it puts you in a high BME. BMI, Kobe. Yeah, so Kobe's a BMI person. I bet your BMI is over what it's supposed to be because you're shorter, but you're strong. And for those type of men, it doesn't correlate to health. And yeah, you could do a body comp and realize, but your body fat's low. So I always want to say take heedance with a BMI measurement because if you are a short person and you're strong and have a lot of muscle mass, especially men, it's not going to be accurate. So I prefer the waist measurement. And the waist measurement should be anywhere between 32 and 37 inches. Women don't want to go above 30. You know, women 32, men don't want to exceed 37 inches. So I prefer that any day. Because that's really telling you how much fat's around your vital organs, you know. And I can tell you some examples as a uh, wrestler back in the day. I took multiple body fat tests over my 20-year <laughs> span or whatever I wrestled. But obviously, the BMI, I was obese, and I was cutting weight in college, and I was still obese mm-hmm. on the BMI chart. And when I took a, I actually took a BMI test, and then I took a, you know, just a straight-up bioimpedance test, and I was at, at actually almost at 9% body fat when I took the bioimpedance test which is really low for you listening (laughs) so that's when i was down to weight but i still on the bmi chart i was still on the borderline obese so it's it's kind of one of those up in the air things you you want to look at it for the short guys like myself it's a tough thing sometimes but you know for the taller guys out there maybe it it works out for them but obviously being at nine to twelve percent body fat's pretty darn good yeah and uh, i was still kind of on that chart still mediocre or on the high level so yeah, and I only say that because for those who are listening who have had BMIs at the doctor's office or wherever, I'm not saying that's not a good thing to look at for some people, but in particular men, be weariful of it because don't be upset. Get a body fat test then because that's truly going to tell you how and much I, body fat I you have. I think those tests are great, though, because they do give you a guideline. Mm-hmm. All these tests are guideline benchmarks mm-hmm. to give you, like for just me, for my triglycerides, I look at that as a... Great eye opener for me. Some people that do these body fat tests and come back at thirty two percent, then it opens their eyes like, "Well, I got to change something up. I got to get back to dieting, right? Running, exercising, some of those things. Now, those are the good benchmarks where you can find out what you need to do and where you need to start." Mm-hmm, definitely. And um, so, you know, we're throwing out a lot of numbers, and I know this can be confusing for listeners. So, you know, at at the end, we'll kind of sum up what numbers you should have are benchmarks. I like the benchmark because everybody's going to have a benchmark or a goal they want, but you got to look at the bigger picture of all of those numbers going together, not just one. So um, putting it all together to make you truly healthy and well. And we keep saying that every podcast, but that's really what it's about, is putting all the numbers together to be truly healthy and well, which dot 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 that brings happiness <laughs> <laughs> so um you know we really haven't hit around the uh blood glucose i know miriam you talked a little bit about that do you want to explain what that is and how you go about like if i was a listener how would i even know how to do that well the blood glucose levels that they usually like to do those fasting 
because it determines the um, sugar that's in your blood. It could predict if you're pre-diabetic um, or in the normal range. So there's also another one called the A1C, and that basically is a little bit broader range of blood tests that takes it over a period of like three, it does like a three-month group. So um, that one is a little more dependable than just the basic glucose, but if you have a high glucose level, then the doctors may, and you fasted, then the doctors may want to do a A1C because it gives just a little bit bigger picture of the glucose. Okay. So, so uh, if you were, if so, like if you were a patient coming in or a person coming in checking your blood sugar, how, what are ways you can do that? I mean, I know that we know through a lipid panel, but not everybody's going to want to get stuck in the arm for that. Don't right. you, you can do a finger poke. You can do like a little finger poke where they do um, just take a little bit of drop of blood out of your finger and check it that way. That's really easy to do that. And some pharmacies may even offer that mm-hmm. also. Well, and I think, you know, with the the world as it is with, you know, the obesity rates going up high, I think insurances are are really seeing that it's important for patients or people to get their A1C or their blood tests for that purpose, for the blood sugar. So more insurances are paying for that type of stuff to be proactive um, to catch prediabetes so you can help that patient or consumer by getting them on an exercise program or helping them learn how to eat better Um, because, you know, that affects every part of your life when you become obese. It affects your heart. It affects your every organ. It affects your joints. And knowing your blood sugar to know if you're pre-diabetic is so important because it's the function of how you move. It's the function of how you breathe. It's the function of everything. So, um, and I know, correct me if I'm right, is the blood sugar needs to be less than 100 milligrams? Correct. Correct? Okay. So, I mean, the great thing about diabetes, though, is if you are in that pre-diabetic stage or even if you have diabetes, you can still be healthy and still live a healthy life just by kind of monitoring your sugar intake, too. Yeah, especially if you're type 2 diabetes, that's usually a lifestyle change that you need to incorporate to try to get that under control. Uh, The type 1 diabetes, that's what you're usually born with. Um, that one is a lifelong uh, thing that you have to deal with um, as far as controlling it. But pre-diabetes is something that can be pretty easily detected and then um, hopefully controlled or changed with diet and exercise. Yeah, I read somewhere just recently, and I'm trying to think where on a, it was a research-based project, and it came out last year, but Iowa rates for obesity rates is, I believe, number seventh in the nation. And it's probably because of our, um, our, you know, we love our meat. We love our, and I'm not, I love it, you know, it's, and we love our, our home cooked foods and, and stuff. So, you know, obesity is a, is a big challenge for not just Iowa, for the entire United States. And so, and it's every age. I mean, you just see it in every age. And the lack of movement that's happening, you know, because of the technology and the everything's at our hands. Um, I think that with diabetes in particularly, in particular, not only monitoring your blood sugars and knowing those numbers, but watching your weight, because if you move more, you're not going to get as heavy. And that will help certainly with, you know, pre-diabetes and diabetes too. Well, and it's all that packaged food, the convenience foods that 
is so readily available and you know a lot of households both parents work or it's a single parent household the kids you know they just have stuff what's easy to grab at their hands and and they're inside a lot yeah yeah so I mean just for people to be aware and you know it's hard because the prepackaged foods are the cheaper foods to purchase. And they're so good. Yeah. I mean, they are. You know, we always say it's in moderation, but, you know, for everyone, it's it's not that easy. And no. to, to go out and buy fruits and vegetables, I mean, that's expensive stuff, you know. And so, I mean, we hear you out there. We understand that it's expensive, but, you know, small little things make big big changes. And so just watching your sugar intake and moving, just making sure you're moving through the day, get up every hour on the hour to walk around for two minutes, you know, um, take the stairs instead of the elevator, take park your car 20 feet further than what you normally do, you know, take small changes to make the body move to create enzymes to break down the fat to break down the sugar better, to make your body work better, those type of things. Because we all know if we eat too much of something, it goes into the storage tank. (laughs) Yeah, most people, and this is a, most people don't realize this, but once you create a fat cell, it never goes away. It gets bigger as you eat and you don't take those calories and use them. It's just going to store as fat. Now, if you lose weight, that fat molecule never goes away. It just shrinks. So it's sitting there waiting for you to feed it again extra calories. So be aware that once you create a fat cell, it's going to be there forever, and it's going to want you to feed it, and it's going to tell you to feed it. But you're stronger than that, so you got to be aware that, you know, you can reduce that fat cell, but you can never get rid of it once it's born in the body. So just got to keep it hungry. You got to keep it hungry. That's right. That's right. So um, as far as blood pressure, I mean, what are, I guess we haven't hit, talked a little bit about other things than um, exercise. What are some good things that they could do to reduce their blood pressure? Oh, reduce their stress in their lives. So one good thing to reduce stress is to exercise. <laughs> no one ever went out for a walk and came back and said, that sucked. That was horrible. I'm never going for a walk again. You always feel better. Mm-hmm. Your head's clear. Your body just feels better. Fresh air. Yes, definitely. So getting to the science of that, stress produces cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone that, does, that breaks down the body inside. So it doesn't allow the body to, uh, it just totally ruins the inside of that body. So controlling your stress is key to everything because it's got this demon called cortisol that your brain releases when you are highly stressed and not taking care of it which controls your blood pressure which controls your blood sugars it's a chemical reaction and that's everything that those things are blood sugars chemical um you know so stress is everything as far as making sure that you're healthier controlling that stress is so important and speaking on stress i mean obviously all of us have stress in our life and uh i know Particularly back in 2013, Sherry took my blood pressure right before the state championship football game. And (laughs) I'll never forget it because I came in and I was anxious as all you could get out, stressed out. Everything you know to mankind is happening. Everything can go wrong to everything. And uh, I was like actually 150 over like 95 or something. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm usually a 106 over like 78 guy. So it does, stress throws you way off. Yeah. I'm telling you that's uh and. Working out is one way to get away from it. I mean, I when I go run or something, I feel 100% better after I get done and my levels are done or anything from your household, your kids driving you bananas. To, mm-hmm. 
I mean, your wife driving you bananas. <laughs> I mean, get away from it for a while and just yeah. go out and do something and something that's going to release that stuff. So well, I think we all have to find that release. Like, what is it that takes us down a notch? Is it sitting and being quiet, reading a book, working out? You know, mm-hmm. you have to find what's your zen because mm-hmm. it's different for everybody. Absolutely. You know, for me, it's definitely the gym. It's yeah. not that for my husband. Yeah. No, he'd like to just kind of sit, be quiet, turn the TV off, decompress. So we all have a different way of dealing with the stress, finding a healthy way to deal mm-hmm. with it. What's that going to be for you? And maybe it's doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah. For maybe. me, going to the beach, doing nothing. Yeah. I guarantee you my blood pressure is awesome that day. My zen is my backyard. The minute I walk in my backyard, yep. it's like this is this is the world to yeah. me. It's quiet. And even finding, if you can find 10, 15, 20 minutes a day to to bring yourself down a little bit, that's important. If mm-hmm. you can't find time to do that, something's wrong. You have to make a change. Sometimes I feel my blood pressure up at the at home with my kids. <laughs> and I literally walk outside, take a deep breath, and just walking in that instant outside completely changes everything. Right. I mean, blood pressure included. So like you said, find your zen. Yep. Everybody has a place or a place they can go in their mind mm-hmm. or a thing they can do and... That's key, too, to your blood pressure, reducing your blood pressure. So stress is so important, Mary. I totally agree with that, 100% on that. We've heard that. And this may hit on a different note, but we're talking about numbers and health numbers. But obviously, the magic numbers for companies a lot of times out there is it's money, saving money. Mm-hmm. And these numbers are big for companies out there. And a lot of these companies are having health screens all the time, and it's lowering their costs for insurance drastically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big deal. And that's why these companies are going to having health screens. So, I mean, that's, a, and those are numbers, money. I think in the last um, couple of years, you've seen a surge of insurance companies saying, hey, you get this, this screening done, this wellness screening done to know your numbers and we'll actually pay you yeah. money back or reduce how much you have to pay in right. for your insurance because us knowing and you knowing you know, the consumer knowing what your numbers are is key to being proactive before you get sick, you know. I noticed that the company we were at doing screenings just recently, they were new to us. And the, the HR gal, very friendly, sitting at the table. And after each person would come up and um, have their they're done and she would hand them a gift card and I was like oh are they she's like yeah well to to get them to participate we offered them like a gift card they got to choose so it's a little incentive a little mm-hmm. kickback of you know why am I participating here but then they are going to know you know we're educating them a little bit on what their blood pressure is their waist so it's getting that ball rolling for them and hopefully they'll go back and tell the guy they work next to hey I just got a gift card because I got my blood pressure checked and had my blood drawn. It was easy. Well, even the words they used to say, you know, back in the day it was get your screening, your health screening done, your physical done. And now they're using words like get your wellness screening done because that's what it is. It's just to be well, you need to know your numbers, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think we could talk about these these number things all day long just because, I mean, they can go in so many directions. But I hope that the listener got – one thing out of it is that it's not just one number that makes you healthy. It's it's the equation of all of these numbers and being aware, just in a, to create an awareness of knowing your cholesterol, knowing what's in your cholesterol. So your triglycerides, your HDLs, your LDLs that Miriam talked about, knowing your blood pressure numbers, 120 over 80 is key. And anything above that, you know, be aware of that because it's making your heart work harder. 
and you know knowing your blood sugars anything under 100 is what you want uh cholesterol would be 200 and under and um just knowing your waist circumference you know 32 to 37 women 32 men you don't want to go above 37 because that's fat around your vital organs knowing your body fat men and women are different so find a, a health professional that can talk to you about what your body fat should be based off of your age height weight and gender because that makes a difference knowing your genetics who's had what in your family is key am i forgetting anything i don't think so all right so i think we're just gonna lock this one up guys how how about that good good well we really appreciate you guys listening we would love to hear from you questions from us um on anything dealing with health and wellness it doesn't have to be just about knowing your numbers throw anything at us because we'd love to hear from you guys uh, because this is why we do this. We we want to. We all want to be healthier and well, and and us included sitting on this this podcast panel. So, thanks for joining us um, at Your Best Life. This was powered by Mercy One. So thank you, and uh, please uh, contact us at podcast at mercyhealth.com. And I'm going to say that again because we want you to talk to us. Podcast at mercyhealth.com. Until later.